Welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, where you'll hear vulnerable, honest stories that will inspire you to embrace your mess and live your best life. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My guest today is Garrison Cohen. So Garrison and I got connected by a mutual friend, Stefan. What's up, buddy, if you're watching and listening? And thank you so much for the introduction because you obviously saw a connection between Garrison and I just by knowing who we each individually are and in your own right, right? Based on your own experience of who we are. And you described it as like, you guys just got to connect. There's just so many synergies and similarities to who you are and how you show up. And it was so, so true. Garrison, it was almost like looking in a mirror, <laughs> not necessarily physically featured wise, but mind you, we'd both have beards and... um yeah, anyways, <laughs> I don't know how else you'd describe how we're similar. But we just think the same way. We actually are really uh, creative by heart. We're very visionary by nature. And we both have an exceptional skill in extracting other people's stories. And this is one of the things that really stood out to me about Garrison is after we talked, I was, of course, inspired and thinking like, man, what an incredible guy how he shows up, what he does for his work, how he helps people tell their story in an authentic, vulnerable, honest way. And then I started Googling around at his, just looking for his name. And I came across a bunch of videos where he was actually reading out these poems to his clients. So he would interview them, collect the information that he's hearing, and then actually articulate it back to them in a poem or in a you know structured way that allowed, that was basically just bringing out the essence of who they are or maybe who they actually are inside but what they've never actually expressed out into the world and it was so incredible to watch these videos cuz i watched these people have so many emotions and many of them just like almost brought to tears because of the words that they were hearing of how he was describing who they are what their purpose is what their why is what what makes them up and this is an incredible skill, but also something that's incredibly valuable to anybody who is trying to figure out how to get their message out into the world, how to create impact in the world, how to stand out in a noisy world. It's really an incredible thing. And Garrison has, of course, wrapped these skills around a business as well. He has a methodology that, and a business that he calls the Satori Effect. And this is where he supports people with this in not only doing these types of interviews to extract that essence and that story, but then to also make it come to life and to produce content around it and support people with the distribution of that so that they can attract the perfect clients, the perfect vendors, the perfect staff, the perfect partners, whatever it is, into their life. So Garrison and I had a deep dive conversation on that of like, what does it mean to actually extract the essence out of somebody based on the words that they're saying. In many cases, a lot of times, they don't even see it in themselves. But he has a unique gift to do that himself. So this was a lot of fun. If you are a creative, visionary type, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. All right, Garrison. So good to see you again, my friend. I actually yeah, saw you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been it's been it's been a lot it's been a lot recently. Not a lot in a bad way, a lot in a really good way. So I'm really glad yeah. to be in this conversation with you. Yeah, well, I've said it out loud numerous times, and I'll say it again right here. I choose to spend time with people that give me energy and that I enjoy the conversations, and and ultimately, there's you know just this kind of bouncing back and forth effect that happens that just creates some magic. There's no other way to describe it other than that. And you're one of those people. We were talking about it yesterday that we've only actually talked three times now. So yesterday was the third time. <laughs> the first time was a couple months ago. And then just, you know, like a week ago or so. And we got introduced by a mutual friend. I'll give him a quick shout out here as well. Stefan, if you're watching, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for the connection. And I think the way that he introduced us was, you guys should talk. <laughs> that was it. It was like... <laughs> I just know that there'll be something that you guys will have some commonalities on. And, and there's been many. So I appreciate that introduction, Stefan, very, very much. And with that, what I want to do is just ground us really quickly, uh, Garrison, in the chat, because you kind of have an idea of what I do with this podcast, but I just, I always like to ground anybody that's listening, maybe for the first time. 
There's a quote by Brene Brown where she says, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be somebody else's survival guide. And the first time I heard that, I immediately went to Google and found the quote image. And now I put it at the bottom of every one of my episodes on my website because it's it's so foundational to why I'm doing this and ultimately why I brought you on because you have one of those stories personally, but you also serve and support other people to ultimately tell those stories as well and 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 then just continue that healing process, right? And it's just so powerful, man. So I'm looking forward to this chat. I have no idea what direction we'll take it in, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I never have any idea, which is what makes it fun. Um, <laughs> I love that quote. I have not heard that quote before. And I, I really, I really love it. You know, it, it makes me think of, and, and this is, this is one of the, the big pieces behind what I do is that, you know, when people look at the news today and things that are going on just on every level out there in the world, people are like, oh, things are going so bad and there's so much negativity and we're doing this whole downward spiral and like, well, maybe there's some truth to that, but here's the thing. At no other time in the history of humanity have there been more people helping people to help people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the upward spiral that's happening right now in terms of coaches, healers, light workers, artists, visionaries who are doing the most incredible work and through social media, through the internet, through, through every possible means are lifting people up and teaching people how to lift other people up. And it is, in one sense, one of the most exciting times in, in the history of the world. Um, and, and I think people miss that, you know, when they look at all the, all the negative stuff out there. And, and that quote by itself is, can, can you say it again? I want to hear exactly. Yeah, absolutely. One day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be somebody else's survival guide. That's beautiful because it really speaks to that your story really counts for something. And I think a lot of people out there don't see the value of their story. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think I've, I've kind of made a life out of celebrating people's stories through the process of getting clear on my own. And, you know, I, th I think that's in so many ways, it's the difference that makes the difference because everybody wants to live a life. That's a good story. Mm. And ultimately language is the basis of reality. If you change the language, you change the reality. And there are so many ways to work with the language of the story of our journey that creates it as we go. Yeah. And it's, uh, I've got a whole bunch of notes here of, I know we're going to dance around all of these subjects and stuff, but I was remembering when we first chatted a couple of months ago, I do what I usually do, which is go Google this person that I'm about to speak to that somebody said, you need to connect and don't even ask why, just trust. And I found some videos of you speaking with clients and I kind of got a sense of uh, what you do, right? Like what your gift is. And then I actually gave you some feedback yesterday when we were on the call because for anybody that's listening and watching, these videos were essentially you, Garrison, um, reading to these people their your interpretation of their hero's journey, for lack of a better term, right? It was kind of this like, you download something to me with regards to like who you believe you are or how you want to be seen by the world. And, I, and then you pick it up and then the creative process begins and there's no linear manner to it. It's just literally this like collage of ideas on a wall or a whiteboard, right? You got like four yeah. of them in front of you right now. <laughs> and then on the other side of it though, is this, um, I want to almost call it like a book reading, you know, that's what it felt like. It was like you were reading a poem to this person. And I, I remember watching, I watched like six or seven of them, man. I was entranced by this stuff. And I watched these people go through all kinds of emotions without saying anything. You could see it in their eyes. You could see it in their facial expressions. Sometimes they were, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I want to believe that to be true, even if he said it out loud. But then others, it was almost like this awakening inside of them where they were like, oh my God, somebody finally saw me for who I believe I truly am. And then in other cases, they just had a massive opening up of like, I never saw myself that way until you gave me permission to do so. 
it's just so crazy and powerful, man. And I think it's a gift that you have in being able to do that. And then the thing I mentioned to you yesterday was just at the end of every one of those readings too, you just go silent. You don't say, what do you think? You go silent and you allow the person to sit with it, which creates almost like an awkward, energetic um, state, you know, which is needed in this world, I believe, right? Because I've actually really battled with that myself too, of wanting to fill the void with uh, the conversation as opposed to just feeling what came out of your mouth. So I just wanted to say that out loud, first of all, and then... I want to ask you this, and then I want to dive back into like how you got there. But like, what does that work mean to you? Like, what does it feel? What, what did it feel like in those moments when you're reading those things to people? Just share with everybody some of those experiences from your perspective. Yeah, it's a really interesting process for me because when I start with someone, um, maybe that there maybe there's something they want to talk about. Sometimes they come to me and they're like, "I don't even know where I want to go with this." And, and those actually end up being some of the best ones ever. Um, so we just, we, you know, first we just, we kind of start talking and I, I let my natural curiosity kind of ask questions. And there's a way that I kind of like, I can notice like, oh, there's something bright here about this one. Oh, there's something potent here. And I just start to collect all of the information. And then I've just got all of these notes. And sometimes like even at the, you know, once I've got all the notes, I'm just like, I have no idea. And then as I just sit with it, it's like, I just start to see like little dots, like start to connect themselves. And it's every single time. It's like this, this beautiful process. I just get out of the way and the dots start to connect themselves. And then as I start to take and rearrange the notes and put them in order, it's like, I start to feel there's, oh, there's an energy that wants to move through it. And by the time I've got a piece that is really um, refined, restructured. I've intuited a lot of things. I've listened to like, oh, I can hear the words behind their words. I can feel the feelings behind their words. And then at some point it just starts to move faster and faster until it just comes together in a way. And then it's just like, boom. You know, I, uh, I remember, uh, seeing a preview to the movie Pollock, uh, about Jackson Pollock. And I never actually saw the movie, but in the preview, there's someone standing in front of this, just this giant, crazy painting. And they turn to Pollock and say, how do you know when you're done? And Pollock says, how do you know when you're done having sex? It's like, okay. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of feeling. It's just sort of like, oh, there it is. Like, oh, it's like, it's done. And then when I read it back to them, there's, there's a joy I feel because I already know that what it is that I've written is going to perfectly match up with their design, their truth, how they feel inside. And it's, it's really, you know, as I, I, I describe it sometimes this way, it's like creating a custom designed Iron Man suit for their soul made out of their own language. And it, and it fits and it works because it's, it's perfectly aligned with who they are so that they can step into it and just be like, oh my God. I, I feel so much more powerful with this now because now I've got a way to go from internal into external and, and, and this creates the expression that I'm here to live. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I'm, I need a cigarette after saying that. that was <laughs> speaking of sex. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just trying to think in my head here right now. Do I want to dive back into like how, what brought you to this point? Or do we want to maybe speak about the, the importance of this in today's world, knowing from multiple angles, knowing that um, just from a straight up marketing perspective, that differentiation and, and competition for what you do in your space. Like I think of, I used an example like a year ago when I created some trainings about leadership coaches, right? You go on LinkedIn and you look, you just look up leadership coaches in there. And I don't I haven't even done it recently, but there's probably like 50,000 of them, right? And when the pandemic hits in March, 2020, I did this and it was 27,000. And like a month later, it was 43,000. Like it exponentially grew. And there's a whole bunch of factors to that, but what it ultimately did was created noise, right? And so there's that element of it. Um, but then also what you were alluding to, which is this idea of like just truly embodying that Iron Man suit. Yeah. 
you know, kind of like I was saying earlier, this is one of the most exciting times in history because of just the incredible upward spiral. And, you know, it's evidenced by, you know, the, the amount of, of coaches who are just flooding into the world every day. It's like people want to help. People want to tell their story. And ultimately, being a coach is, is literally like getting paid to evolve because you're just, you're helping reflections of yourself to heal. Mm. And that's a beautiful thing. The problem with that is that it creates so much noise and clutter that everybody just drowns everyone else out. And, and that's where the beautiful opportunity is because yes, there's just this cacophony of sound happening. And yet what people are craving for in the world today is authenticity, vulnerability, transparency, heartfelt expression. And, and I could go into all the, the fascinating brain science and nervous system science around why people crave that. But when, when people experience that from someone else and there's a part of them inside that says, oh, damn, I feel them and I trust them. And you know what? I don't even know if everything they're saying makes sense, but they got something and I can tell and I think they can help me. And that's, that's someone who has separated themselves from the noise because they're allowing their, their truth to shine through them. And it's, uh, it is vulnerable and it is, it, it is, it, it, it can be scary. And yet that's the very thing that makes it special. I'm going to link up a couple of clips here and I'll send them over to you too, Garrison. But last night I was listening to Joe Rogan interview, uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh, cool. It was a four hour interview. Crazy. Like I, yeah, it was four hours and I actually listened to the first two because it was just so like, and, and that one was literally a dance and he actually speaks about this idea of this dance and stuff too and, and how um, it's what creates the energy that ultimately just leads to the truth, right? So speaking of the truth. And then he also referenced this idea about the truth and what it ultimately creates for people. And the part that really caught my attention, though, was that he and, and he, he said it in a much more eloquent way that I'm saying, which is why I'll link it up. But he was basically saying that, like, you know, we need to speak the truth. Everybody needs to speak their truth, knowing that when you're trying to accomplish something, when you when you say, this is what I want, and I believe that this truth will help me get me there. What he challenges is, how do you know what you want? Like, how do you ultimately know? what your next desired goal is or what your ultimate goal is in all of this stuff. But he said, you have to always come back to the truth because a lot of times the thing that you think that you want is not actually what you want, but you don't get to the thing that you actually want unless you tell the truth. And it was just so mind-bending, man. I was like, oh, damn, that's the grounding right there. But it's not necessarily for what I think people ultimately do it for, right? And I'm just speaking from the context of how both of us have served clients in the past too of like, Let's speak your truth so you can attract more clients. But maybe that's not actually what will end up happening as a result of this, but it is exactly what needs to happen. Does that make sense, what I'm saying there? Yeah, totally. I've, um, <laughs> it, it's something that I remind myself of constantly. In fact, on one of my several whiteboards just over here, I literally have a reminder that our best client is ourself. Mm. You know, right there, because it's like, when I speak, it's like, here's what I'm learning. Here's what, here's where I'm stuck. Here's where I'm um, confronted and scared. Oh, what can I create for people who are experiencing that? Because that is the thing that I'm most aligned with. That's the thing I'm most passionate about. That's the thing that I, I'm not going to burn out around because it's so true for me. And if it's true for me, then there's got to be, you know, you know, 10,000 other people out there that it's true for as well. And that's where I, we, you get to be the, um, the lighthouse, you know, in, a, you know, shining a light across the dark ocean. So people from miles and miles away can be like, oh, I think I see something out there, you know, and it's, that's, that's what makes it so real. Did that, did that speak to it? It did, absolutely. And, and it brought up something else in my head here too, is that naturally you and I, um, 
are very similar in the sense that we have whiteboards. I was joking around the other day. I got one like right over here on, on the wall. And we can formulate and kind of pull together how to package these types of things up and turn it into a business and figure out how to scale it and all of that kind of stuff. But what I've found personally, and I'm constantly on this journey, even myself still to this day, is that what you just said is so true, right? When we actually look at ourselves as like the ultimate clients and then go and do the work and then say the truth out loud, including those moments when you've been confronted and scared, to use your words, that's when people actually connect. It's not even necessarily all the other pieces, right? The rest of it's just the business side of like how it all manifests into something that gets released into the world. But like, I'm interested to know, and this kind of ties back into like, what brought Garrison at this point? Where have you been confronted and scared on this journey and have had to kind of lean into just owning exactly who you are and what your, what your purpose is on this world? And then please reflect too on like where you currently are. And what you're questioning. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, for me, I, I grew up as like a really, a really gifted child, like highly empathic, like off the charts empathic and growing up with a well-meaning family and, you know, ideally a well-meaning society. I felt incredibly unheard and unseen. You know, parents who meant well, but were really checked out. They had no idea who or what I was as a kid. They were just like, oh, you know, just give him the basics and he'll be fine. But it's sort of like, I could feel so deeply into people. And I was so confused by how checked out people were. And it, uh, you know, growing up, it really felt like one of those old uh, Twilight Zone episodes where some guy's like running around a city by himself and then he's like the last man on earth. He's like, hello, hello, is there <laughs> anyone there? Hello. You know, that's kind of what like what my childhood felt like because a lot of people were just not aware of their own experiences. And I was very aware of my experience and their experience and just was not getting any kind of reflection back. Um, and so it was very, it was very confusing, and very scary. And, um, I grew up and found that as I grew up, I had a passion for people who, who made a difference in the world, feeling profoundly seen and profoundly heard. And along with that, you know, it's also been my own journey to, um, to allow myself to be seen and, and to be heard. And quite honestly, I think that's one of the, the scariest, most confronting and simultaneously most rewarding journeys any human can take. Because if you look at it historically, people who spoke the truth tended to not live too long, you know, <laughs> back, you know, a few, starting a few hundred years ago, you know, you had to conform, you had to kind of keep quiet. You had to go along with the agenda. And, and those people, I mean, there, I think there's a whole genetic, um, there's a genetic heritage that's been passed down of, if you speak up, you'll be, you know, killed or tortured or, you know, um, alien the extremes, right? All the literally back in the day, that was it. Right. But now it's almost like metaphorically speaking that like your soul dies, even if your body's still here kind of thing. Completely. And here's one thing that I've, I've distinguished around it, which I think is really interesting, which is that speaking has three levels. And the first two levels people know about, but there's a third level. So the first level of, of, of speaking our truth, we're just, people are just terrified. You know, if you look on any list, you'll see being burnt to death alive is below speaking yeah. on stage, <laughs> yeah. you know, or speaking, just speaking. I know. Um, and and then the second level is that people are afraid that they'll they'll speak and they'll just they'll just be rejected, you know, alienated, all of that. But I think the third level that no one talks about is that I think that there's a fear that we will speak our truth and be completely acknowledged and celebrated. Yeah. Because if that happens, we can never go back into the box. 
We can never go back into our little cave of safety. It's like, oh shit, we're, we're out. We just had our coming out party and now we can't take it back. And now we have to own it. And I think that's scarier than anything because our identity of ourself no longer matches, which is also a beautiful thing because a lot of us, I think, are ready to shed that identity of what I say doesn't make a difference, or I don't know what I'm talking about, or oh, I couldn't possibly say that. But to come into the shoes of who we're truly here to be is, I think, one of the most exciting experiences that a human can have in this life. And I feel really passionate about more people having that experience because the world needs that. And the more people who have that experience, the more people that will have that experience. And I think that's part of the upward spiral, the shift in consciousness on the planet. And for the people who are ready for that experience, I'm, I'm here to serve them. Yeah. How do you feel you're exemplifying that as the ultimate student slash client that's leading the way? Like what? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I Just- totally do, man. I, I love that you asked that question mainly because I don't know that you could ask a more confronting question in this moment. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, here's the kid who didn't feel heard or seen growing up, who has now grown up to help people who make a difference in the world feel heard and seen. And so I'm, I've been helping like reflections of myself. This is all a a very holographic reality that we live inside of, you know? And so I've been helping reflections of myself and what I've been building is like the platform for me to stand on, to really speak into the world. This is, this is, this is my path. And if this is your path, come on and join me. That said, I've been in this place of, and you know, it's, it's the classic entrepreneur scenario. Like, oh, I have to get like, I have to get this dialed and ready first. And my platform has to be, you know, set up right. And, you know, oh, I I need to increase my list a little bit and, and all of these things. And there's been procrastination um, on my side around that because I, there's been this story around like, oh, I need the foundation in place to do this. Um, and I know that's a story and I, de- I definitely have mentors who would disagree with me on that. And, and this is, um, this is my whole journey. Where do you think, um, cause and I'm just reflecting on this too, and I'll share my perspective because when you were saying that third example, that was the one that I've been confronting more than anything, probably in the last year, you know, the fear of failure or being rejected and that type of thing. I feel like I worked through that in the first five years of my entrepreneurial journey. Um, I wouldn't even say five years. It took eight, eight to nine years. It really did until I started to surround myself with the right people that would hold me up and say, you know, actually, do you, can you not see that this is actually the thing that is your greatest strength if you just like flip it around and look at it from a different perspective? And that's where I'm just such an advocate for the communities that we that we join and the people that we surround ourselves with and all of that kind of stuff. But just in the last year for me, this idea of, and I don't even want to call it success because it's not about success and financially and all that kind of stuff. Like I feel like personally, I've broken through a lot of stuff in the last couple of years with regards to my attachment to money and how I make money and how I help other people make money. And when I help other people make money, I can exponentially make money. Like I'm you know, it's a constant evolution, but I feel like I've really broken through on that where that might've been a story in the past. And now it's not a story. Like, I just know that like, I will create money when I need it. (laughs) But the idea of like saying my truth out loud and having this, um, impact, like this ability, and I'm not, I'm going to ramble a little bit here, Garrison, but another thing that just, yeah. Another thing that just came up too was part of that journey in the last like three months was, Okay, what if you did own this this uh, responsibility of like being your true authentic self and and creating the impact that you know you're capable of doing? What if that actually does happen and you feel overwhelmed and then you don't believe that you can actually create enough impact in the world to really make a ripple effect? And then I had somebody frame it for me uh, who I had on the podcast, Caduce, who said, "Why do we have to go to the many?" 
all the time when we think of these things. Like, imagine if you just frame this in the perspective of one person. Like, imagine if you showed up in your authentic truth and and told your story and actually shared your vulnerabilities and your fears and your everything that scares the shit out of you. And one person makes a decision that impacts their life and creates that ripple effect. That's all this is. And that was huge for me where I was, because I was feeling super overwhelmed, man. Like six months ago, I was like, oh, what am I going to do to create change in this world? This world's so fucked up right now. Like, that's what I was thinking to myself. I was like, oh, does that resonate with you? And, And have you been down that journey or experienced any of that as well? Like knowing, like I reflect to you how you show up to me and then you go, wow, I didn't actually see myself that way. And that's part of the magic of all of this. But have you had that experience as well of like, imagine if you brought what you had to the table every single day without any of the limitations of like the platform's not ready, that this isn't the ready, whatever else, what comes up for you? It's definitely been a thought and, and it brings up all my human stuff, which is, <laughs> which is, which is why I know other people experience it too. People, people People feel so so stuck and contracted, and I know it because I feel it, but I forget it all the time because I just get stuck in my in my own world. Tell me if I'm answering your question as you as you spoke it. I think if I put myself out there, I mean, if I continue to put myself out there, but really like next level stuff, and it only makes a difference in one person's life. Is it worth it? And and the answer is yes, of course. Because, I mean, even if it doesn't make a difference in one person's life, well, that would be really sad. But, <laughs> but I think it's 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 all a process of self actualization. I mean, this this is it. It's us speaking ourselves into the universe with so much clarity and boldness and passion that the universe has no choice but to reflect exactly that back to us. And, 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 and if we remain contracted and withheld and small, then that's what the universe is going to reflect back to us. So, you know, like, I, 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 it, it almost gives, makes me think of that meme when, like someone puts something out and they say like, oh my God, you just broke the internet. It's like, yeah, I'm going to break the universe open you know? <laughs> and maybe I'll get a response and maybe I won't, but it'll be my, my full on Frank Sinatra of like, yeah, but I did it my way. And I think that is, that's what, that's what we're here for. One thing you and I have never talked about, and I'd love to just touch on it quickly and and the context of this question is really coming from, I mentioned to you, I actually didn't, did an interview with a client right before this and asked him questions. I kind of used the framework of his bio that he had written to, to dig deep, right? Like I'd see a word and I'd go, what do you mean by this? Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, you know? And it was really great. Like I felt, felt like I got some authentic um, conversation going on with him and he was actually able to speak out loud what he meant by that one word. But the most impactful part of the interview was the part that he wasn't ready for at the end, which was, I said, tell me about that guitar behind you right there. What does that mean to you? And he was kind of taken back at first. And he's like, and then he just riffed for like seven minutes about music and creativity and like playfulness and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, holy shit. So my question to you is, is like, what is the thing that lights you up outside of what we feel like is our gift to this world and that we can wrap a business around? But like, what are the other things in your world that ultimately drive all of this stuff? What gives you life and joy? Yeah. Whew. Great question, man. I love it. Um, I, I was introduced to the concept of what it means to have an inner court um, a few years ago meaning like an inner court of friends, community, um, you know, sort of like, um, like, like, like family. And I realized that inside of my inner court, anyone who's in my inner court has pretty much signed up for an evolutionary partnership with me. 
Meaning it's like, look, if you're in my inner court, it, it, it's, it's a no bullshit zone. It's a no withhold zone. It's like, I just speak the truth. Maybe it will be uncomfortable for you. Maybe it'll be uncomfortable for me, but I am in service of your evolution, awakening, like just coming into your divinity. And I welcome the same from you. And I think toward that end, what lights me up is, you know, I've spent a lifetime of finding and resolving and shedding old patterns and stories and ancestral lineage. And I just want to be the purest, most integrated version of myself in this life. And I think from that place, miracles unfold, beauty unfolds, love, relationships, money, like it all comes into being when we are just, we, we've shed everything that isn't us and we're speaking everything that is. And, and that's, that's what lights me up. And, and I find that it shows up in, in the art that I create and the conversations that I have in the, the friendships and the, the gatherings that I create for people. Um, I love creating gatherings and throwing parties. I mean, during COVID it's, you know, it's like the, the mini version of that, but before <laughs> COVID I like, Oh my God, I threw the most incredible parties that people would talk about for years. And it's like, I love creating containers for people to, um, come together or have experiences that just, um, that just stay with them and become a part of their um, experience and healing and transformation. Mm. That's reminds me of the phrase that you use the Satori effect and you've, you know, wrapped methodologies around that and business models and that type of thing. But can you maybe speak to everybody about what that actually means? Cause I know I had to Google it when I first saw it, it was just kind of a cool word. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I have no idea what it means. It's kind of like Google before you knew what Google was, you know? Totally. But then I started to explore and I loved how you've articulated this. I've seen you talk about it in a number of videos and it kind of speaks to that spiritual journey as well. Do you want to maybe just articulate what it is? Yeah, I would love to. And, and just to bookmark, and maybe we can do this now or later in the conversation or even at another time. But I, I want to hear the answer to that question for you as well, because I, I feel like you and I are getting to know each other as friends. And I'm really curious, you know, what's, what's behind um, your motivations and, and how you live in the world as well. So I'm, I just want to say I'm curious about that. Yeah, I can answer that one. Um, I honestly think it just comes down to one word, which is evolution uh, and, and comfort in that evolution, because yeah. I've spoken about this publicly on past podcasts very recently. This idea of getting comfortable identifying as a seeker because, and I know you mentioned that you listened to my, one of my other podcasts where I talked about that too. And this whole idea of like, are seekers just like massively uncommitted, chaotic, uh, you know what I mean? Like people that just can't follow a pattern and stick to it and be consistent. That's the story I was telling myself. And then I started to really embrace the idea because I didn't grow up as like a quote unquote creative that's defined by society, right? Like I played hockey, then I went and got a university degree because I didn't know what the hell else to do. And then I went into sales and then naturally my evolution has brought me to where I am here today, but I've never self-identified as a creative. And just in the last couple of months, I've started to really identify with the idea of like, no, I am a creative. Like when people ask, ask me, like, what do you do? I say, I create stuff. And they're like, well, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, I can take um, concepts or words or ideas and I can actually make them come to life. And I can't even explain how I do it. And I can't really teach other people how to do it. It's just my gift. And that's it. That's, that's how I explain it. And for, for some people, it lands and others, they're like, yeah, but what do you actually do? You know, like what's your job, right? They attach it back to an identity. But that's ultimately it for me is really that is um, just evolution. And it takes many, many shapes, you know, redefining who I am constantly. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great, man. I really resonate with that. Uh, it would be interesting to talk at some point about the... Um, what it means to go from being a seeker to being a finder. Mm. Because there is an inherent danger that if we identify as a seeker, then we're always seeking. 
But if we right. identify as a finder, then what does that mean? What, what does it mean to come to an end of seeking? What would that life be like? Yeah. Anyway. No, that's, that's good. That's I like other, that. No, that's right? awesome, man, that you've got me pondering that because it just takes the other perspective. And the immediate thing that I think of is honestly like, well, I don't ever want to lose my seeking aspects of my life. Like that's what fills me up, you know? So if I'm a finder and I'm finding the answer, it's almost going to feel disappointing. That At least that's been my experience in the past is like every time I've achieved the proverbial goal that I've set out for, there was always this like, ugh, it's kind of like speaking, like you were talking about. Speaking on stage, there's a buildup to it where like, it's like euphoric, like it's it's orgasmic to me. You get on stage and you're like, lights are on you, people are listening, they're engaging, they're nodding, that type of thing, and you get off. And then it's just like, for me, it was like, boom, crash. And it was because of that, right? It's almost like, oh, I found the thing. Now what do I do? Yeah. It's kind of like um, the next level of that might be, what's the difference between waking up from the dream and waking up within the dream? Mm. Waking up from the dream might not be all that interesting, but waking up within the dream, it's like, ooh, now what can I do with all of this? Yeah. So just lots of, lots of, lots of ways to explore it. Totally, man. I got to send you over these clips from the Jordan Peterson interview because he actually speaks about that, the idea of being in the dream and constantly dreaming. And even as it relates to this kind of thing too, because honestly, one of the things that I believe that I am a, that how my um, gifts and my desires are manifesting is through conversation like this in a very fluid kind of way, just like you just did, where you just fired back a question to me and then it allowed us to kind of go down this path. And that's, there's just so much magic to that, right? Like people that are listening to this are going to pick up on that. And that's going to inspire somebody, one person, like we were saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Think they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to your question about the Satori yes. effect. Satori um, effect. The Satori, so Satori is a Japanese word. And it's, it basically means sudden clarity, awareness, insight. And what I love is that the direct Japanese to English translation is a kick in the third eye. So now I get to say, when people ask me what I do, I get to say, oh, I kick people in the third eye. I'm a third eye kicker. <laughs> I should go on my business card. Garrison Cohen, third, third eye kicker. Um, to the right person, yeah. that'll land. Yeah, that'll totally. Land. Yeah. Well, it's great. That's who I'm looking for, the right person. Yeah. Um, so basically, what I love about it is that as entrepreneurs, I mean, as humans, but I'm speaking specifically for entrepreneurs, but now I'm speaking for everybody. We go through our lives and we have lots of moments of insight where we see like, oh, I see how that works. Oh, I get what I'm doing there. Oh, I just had this this insight. Oh, it just became clear. And what's beautiful about it is that all of these insights, all of these little Satori moments where we just get this clarity, this awareness, this insight, they become the foundation that we stand on in our lives. Um, and it's, it's built up of all of these like countless Satori moments. And, you know, it's often said that it takes 10,000 hours to attain mastery, but what they don't say is that 10,000 hours is just the window of time for you to have all of the Satori moments that Mm. get you to mastery. Hmm. And so what I love to do is, is talk with people and start to excavate all of these Satori moments that make up what makes them brilliant about their lives, draw them out in a way that they, they literally feel the aliveness of it as they're speaking about it, and then capture that in a way that other people can experience as well. Because that's when it's really, that's when it's really coming through us. And that's where, we, um, we have, that, that's where the Satori's have an effect on others. And, that, and that's why I use the name of my company, The Satori Effect. Um, because it's, it's using our own journey, our own story, our own passion to, to literally affect other people and, and have those people be like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that before. But that makes sense. So it's, it's, it's something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Um, 
analogy too, because I use, I've, I've found myself saying in the last couple of episodes, even that I've recorded where I talk about just the ownership of my, um, my genius, my core genius. And the fact that it, this wasn't a God given gift. There's certain things that naturally, you know, I brought with me from whatever universe and dimension I came from previously, but then, you know, my upbringing naturally kind of formed who I was and the people I surrounded myself with. But ultimately it's, uh, it's the gift of just being able to, you know, look on those 10,000 hours and see those individual moments that actually made up the thing that's created who I am now, which I, which I always reference this because, you know, I say out loud, it's an affirmation of sorts, but, you know, I am the greatest version of myself because I know that I'm constantly evolving and how could I possibly be a greater version of myself than I currently am, right? And but that took a long time for me to actually even own that and say that out loud. There was always this idea that like, yeah, I'm kind of the greatest version of myself, but you know, my diet kind of sucks and I really should exercise a lot more and I should spend more time with my kids and I should really be making more money. And I naturally kind of like beat myself down. So it was like a shift of just vibration of how I was communicating. The one thing, the question that comes up for me here too is, what has been your experience in, in doing this kind of work with clients where you're trying to extract, extract those Satori moments to build the story so that you can help communicate it in a way that it lands for other people? Because I think going back to what you were saying is that ultimately that fear of rejection is a really big sticking point. Like, if I look at it linearly, it almost feels like that one has to come, has to be broken through before you get to the next one of that fear of success and being seen and heard and understood for what you know to be true inside, but don't know how to say it in a way that other people will actually hear it. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. Like, is there a formula to it? <laughs> is there a formula to it? That's an interesting question. Is there a formula to it? Or is it intuitive? Is it just you let the conversation kind it's, of guide you in the feel? Yeah, it's sort of like the formula is kind of baked into the journey itself. Some clients that I work with, you know, right from the be very beginning, they're just like, blah, they just needed someone to, to, to be interested and be there with them and, you know, so, someone to deliver it to. And then other clients, it's, it's a part of the journey because they'll, they'll start talking and they'll get caught up in their words and they'll, you know, they'll say things, they'll be in the middle of a thought and be like, ah, that's not it. Hold on. I got to start over. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's talk about this. If you and I were hanging out like on a couch, having a glass of wine in front of the fire, and I was asking you this question and you just started sharing it with, with me, at some point, would you be like, no, wait, let me start over. That wasn't good. You would just kind of <laughs> catch yourself and be like, ah, hold on. Let me say it another way. I think this makes more sense. Yeah. You just be in the flow of conversation. And so I start to really welcome people into relationship. You know, it's, mm. we're not doing an interview. We, I really hold it that I'm, I'm here as your friend. I'm your ally. I'm your cheerleader. I'm, I'm just holding this space for you because I'm committed to you and your greatness. And it's chill and it's relaxed. And we just talk. And I think the more we talk and the more I reflect back to them where it's just like, oh my God, that was beautiful. Like sometimes with clients, you know, sometimes clients come and they're, they're in this sort of like very rigid posture of like, well, thanks, Garrison. It's great to be here. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then in between, they'll be like, oh my God, I don't know about that one. I thought it was great, but maybe this and that. And then I'll be like, okay, right there. That's the most alive. I felt you this entire time. I'll be like, huh? <laughs> and they're like, you mean I can talk like that in normal? Like I can talk like that to you? Like, please talk to me like that. I, I love you when you talk like that. I feel you so deeply. You're so real. You're so in focus. And I think it's, it's, it's part of a journey where people really start to get it. And as I reflect back to them, the little things that they're doing where I can feel the Satori sparks just coming through them, they start to come more and more into alignment with it until over time, they just start to realize, oh, my full self is welcome here. And they start to shed the layers of the, of the rigidness and, 
having to have it all figured out and speak it in a certain way. And that's, that's where the real beauty comes through. And that's where that, those pieces can go out into the world and the world can reflect back to them. Fuck yes, that was awesome. And then they start to get it. And that's where there begins a whole next level of self-actualization of who they are and, the, and a realization that they, they can be the most transparent, vulnerable, real, like uncluttered version of themselves and just let it through. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad you said that out loud and we recorded this because that's literally the essence of it, right? And yeah, I was saying to you yesterday, I think too, and I even mentioned it earlier, the whole idea of like the uncomfortableness and the power behind silence as well. And that's part of it, I think. It's part of it. But the other piece, and I keep referencing back to this uh, Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson interview because I just watched it last night. So many things are coming up. It's like those light bulbs going off and the connections happening. But he was speaking to Joe Rogan and saying, like, you know, look at you, your presence and how you're able to hold space in an interview like this and do four-hour interviews and to launch this podcast with literally no post-production editing quality value whatsoever and to create the impact that you did, like Jordan Peterson said, it's insane. And Joe, Joe Rogan's kind of like, yeah, it is pretty insane. I'm living it. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I'm serious. Seriously, like this is insane what you've been able to build by just literally being a present human being engaged so deeply into a conversation that true authenticity actually comes out. And it manifests in the world, in my opinion, too, where the amount of pushback that Rogan gets, it's not a political divide thing. It's a absence of wanting to actually hear the truth that everybody has inside of them, where there's no absolute truth, but when people say it out loud, it naturally triggers one side or the other, right? That's the gift of what he's created. But in this structured world that we live in, it makes no fucking sense that Joe Rogan would be the most influential person on this planet right now. You know? And people joke about it too. It's like, you know, we used to listen to polit trust politicians and laugh at comedians, and now we laugh at politicians and trust comedians, right? <laughs> Which totally. I love that quote. Yeah. But when I heard that too, though, um, the first thing that came to mind is like what both of us do by just having those conversations and then sharing that stuff or helping extract somebody's truth out into the world, that's massively influential. Like that is massively ripple effect. And that's ultimately, I think, the connection I felt with you is that like, dude, I feel like we're very similar in the sense that we have a similar drive and we have similar things that light us up. And, and then I've just been constantly trying to ground myself in like, well, where's the impact in this though? Like, yeah, maybe it makes me feel good, but how do I ripple it? And that's it. It's just, and it comes down to one word. It's like presence. Even in the presence, even in the form of uncomfortable silence, knowing that in that uncomfortableness, usually on the other side is what somebody's truth actually is. That's been my experience in like the quote unquote interview process that I like the way you phrase that. It's like, no, this is just a friendship. We're just having a conversation here. Wow, man. That was, that was great. I, I love the <laughs> you gave uh, of the whole of, of Joe Rogan and all of that. And that's it. It's like when we, when we put ourselves out there in this just unfiltered way and let our genius and our brilliance just come through us into the world. Yeah. Some people are going to be turned off other people are going to be turned on. And I think the biggest mistake people make is trying to homogenize their voice to make everyone comfortable and say it in a socially political, uh, a politically correct way that just makes it safe. And I think it's, it's trying to create that sense of safety that is actually killing people on the inside, which is the irony of it, because we're afraid we're going to be killed, like genetically from just all of the all of history. And so we try to speak in a way to keep from being killed. And yet it's killing us on the inside. And the way to be most alive on the inside and the outside is by actually speaking your truth and cracking through the, the, the crystallization of, of those patterns that have been, you know, just so woven into our system. And, and Joe Rogan is just such a, a shining example of yeah. what that can look like. And people love him for that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, like across the entire spectrum of all the things that people do, whether you're in finance or you're a healer or you're an artist or you're 
in business or in health or, or whatever. It's like you speaking yourself out into the world and letting the people who are looking for you find you by feeling your authenticity. Like that's, that's the path. That's the path. 100%. I feel like there's a podcast in your future, my friend. <laughs> it's waiting to come out so you can just be that presence that you are and mm. create that space for people. But yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I feel like everybody that I talk to that I enjoy spending time with, though, has that presence to be able to do that. I really do. <clears throat> and I think that's what's ultimately attracting me to the people that I'm bringing into my life right now, too, is that it feels like this magnetized <clears throat> elements of, um, of waves. There's no other way to explain it. It's just like, I know that I can create impact when I really lean into what I believe and how I show up. But if I can bring other people in too, going back to kind of how you even started this interview of like, that's what lights you up, right? Is to light, is to light other people up and to help their voice be heard in, in an authentic way. Yeah. There's a lot of power in that. <clears throat> so, I mean, just to, to piggyback on something you just said is that I think a lot of people are lonely and they're also afraid to be heard. And yet kind of like what you were just saying is that when we do speak in that way, just totally untethered, that's when our community of people is, can actually say like, oh, wow, I feel the same way. You remind me of me. We have a lot in common. And you start to collect the people who are your, your tribe. And, and that's, that's, that's how they find you. And I, I think people are lonely because they're disconnected from their voice and thus their tribe can't hear them. Mm. The world needs more garrisons. I'll tell you that, my friend. Um, I want to end us off here with yeah. a series of questions that I ask every single person that comes on here. Uh, yeah. It usually brings up a lot for people and whatever comes to mind, just speak out loud about it. I call it wow. the power of one. You don't have to answer in one word answers. You feel free to elaborate on any of this, but there's a bit of a theme around one as a context. Okay. Ready to roll? Ready. All right. So who is one person or mentor that you feel has been the most influential in your life all time? So you can go right back to childhood if you want, whatever comes up for you. One mentor. Or person in general. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's been any one person that's been consistent. Okay. Got it. <laughs> usually how right, it goes. Check it out. I remember, I think I was eight years old. My brother was five and we were watching TV. And when I was eight, we didn't have remote controls. If you didn't like what you were watching, you had to get the hell up off the couch, <laughs> go over to the TV, put your hand on the knob. There were like seven different stations. Dude, how old like, are you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I lived in that world too. <laughs> okay. And then you put your hand on the knob and the knob goes like, ka-chonk, ka-chonk, yeah. ka-chonk. And yep. so the, uh, the 10 commandments was on TV and I was just, I had my hand on the knob and was just about to turn the station. But here's this scene where Moses is standing at the gates of the city with his brother and Moses is about to go walking off into the desert and his brother's saying, Moses, why would you do that? There's nothing out there. It's just desert. It's just death. There's nothing there. Why would you give all of this up and walk out there? And Moses turns to him and says, I'm eight years old and I still remember the quote. He goes, I know not what force shapes my way, but my feet are set upon a path I must travel. Mm. And then he walks off into the desert. And I'm like eight years old, just like, <laughs> and, that's and that empath in you that just totally, feels right. Totally. And, and that stayed with me my entire life. And it's, and it's actually been this almost guiding compass of like, I don't know what's putting all this together, but I feel that my feet are set on a path and I just have to keep trusting it. And that has been one of the guiding lights of my life. Perfect answer. Give it up Whatever for Moses, comes, yo. Yeah, there you go. Whatever comes to mind is always exactly what it's supposed to be. All right. So next question is, um, who is one person and, or mentor do you feel is the most influential in your life right now in this moment? So who around you is, has the most influence on how you sh choose to show up? Well, I just completed, uh, five years of, um, doing work with my friend and business mentor, Rich Litvin. 
and um, I just think so highly of him, and I've learned so much from him. And um, there's so many little things that he's said that still, like, just kind of move through my thoughts and consciousness. And um, just feel incredibly grateful for um, the journey that I've been on with him and, and, and the friendship that I feel with him. Perfect. <clears throat> I find sometimes uh, people get tripped up on that one because they start thinking of all the people naturally. And you'd be interested to know this too. Um, probably half the people that answer that question end up defaulting back to myself. I feel like I'm actually the most influential person on my, and it's only the people that are like doing the deep inner work that actually have that reflection, right? Where they're like, you know what? I think it's me. Like, I'm actually really proud of how I'm like questioning who I am and how I choose to show up and being accountable to my greatest self. And that reflection moment's always kind of like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, just, just for the record, that was already a given. Like, mm. like that was already true. I was just going like, huh, beyond myself, who, who do I have? So yeah. yeah, completely agree with that. And that's what I find interesting about this question series is that the interpretation of it is so different for every person, right? Depending on how they choose to see it or think about it. So anyways, we'll, we'll re be reverse engineering and making compilations of all of these answers at some point in the future. It's going to be fascinating, oh, cool. man. Yeah, that's good. All right. Next question. What is one philanthropic cause that means the most to you and why? I think... Anything that works with the younger generations on the planet, teaching them emotional intelligence is, I think, one of the most important investments in the future of the world, because these are going to be the, the future politicians, the future business leaders, the future visionaries, and, and setting that in place for the future because my god when i was growing up emotional intelligence wasn't even a thing and it's so important i i think that was where i was suffering growing up was that it's like i had enough emotional intelligence as a child to see that nobody else around me had any and i didn't even know what it was until that that term even came out but i think that is 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 really important um, aside from of course you know, the, the, the critical things around like, you know, the environment and, um, uh, and things like that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. I'm a, as a dad of three and five-year-old boys, it's really on my heart too. And, and quite heavy right now. And something I'm feeling a personal responsibility to be a part of as well. Cause who else, right. It's kind of like that, that phrase of, uh, I don't know who coined that, but it's like, you know, you you need to start. Like, don't wait for somebody else to go and do it. Go do it yourself, right? I'm sure there's a famous quote out there somewhere. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, couple more questions here. What is one thing you are most grateful for right now? I think the one thing that I'm most grateful for right now is my ability to trust myself. Mm. Yeah. And that that's a constant work in progress. Um, but it's at a place right now where my ability to trust myself and choose my own intuitive sense over the logic of the moment, or this would be the logical thing to do. My ability to trust myself has, has led me to so many extraordinary experiences and, and, and a life I'm so grateful for. Love it. What is one thing you're most curious about right now and wanting to explore further about? Interestingly, I, I've actually been researching this more lately, um, which is uh, researching uh, empathic training. Because as an empath, I've just been bootstrapping it my entire life. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like just figuring out like, what do I do with this? And suddenly realizing recently that it's like, wait, if I act, I bet there's all kinds of distinctions and, and, and things that I could do with this that I'd never even thought of on my own. And so I feel like, I, I feel a really big calling towards that right now. Yep. I, I can see and feel that as well, man. It's one of those things where, like we were talking about the other day, you might even go down the path of going to try and find the thing that will help you wrap the container around that. And it may not exist because you're destined to create it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, 
And I don't know if that's what the answer is going to be, but I'm curious about that, about what your exploration actually uncovers for you on that. Mm. Yeah. Deep thoughts here today. Yeah. Last question, my friend. What is one thing that scares you right now that you know you need to meet with bravery? This goes back to our conversation, which is, am I being the shiny example of what it is that I would be leading my clients to? Am I, am I, am I living it at the level where I don't have to necessarily explain it? People can see it in me and say, I want that. Yeah. So basically owning the shit out of it. Love it, man. That's it. I want to, I want to acknowledge you, man, for coming on and having the conversation with me, knowing that uh, I know you uh, in the time that we've spent together, that we could, I knew I could very naturally do a flow kind of a conversation, whereas not everybody is as comfortable with it. I just kind of knew it would be like that, but but also for you to just step into that and even what you just said right now too, because I think that's a hugely important piece of it. I'm finding as I'm doing this podcast that I'm learning from just how other people are showing up and what they're saying and then how they're actually showing up and and all the pieces in between it to like self-evaluate myself. But just you um, having the bravery to say out loud that, you know, I'm questioning whether or not I'm actually being exactly who I'm trying to attract so that I could be of service and live my highest self. It takes bravery to say that out loud. And I have no doubt, man. Like, that's why I say I enjoy the conversations that we've had. We've talked four times now. I'm sure we'll talk many more in the future. But um, yeah, yeah. just thanks so much for doing this here, man. I really appreciate it. Back at you, man. That was a great conversation. And I really appreciate uh, where you come from and and the the bar that you hold for yourself. Because for me, it's just like, oh yeah, nice. It's uh <laughs> it 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 always feels really special for me when I meet someone who is like, oh cool dude, you're walk you're walking the path. And it and it has me feel um uh my I, I guess I want to say less alone on mm. the path. But I do know a lot of people on the path, but it's sort of like, yeah, I, I think at this particular time in my life, in this particular context that we're talking about, um, it actually does feel really nourishing to me for to have these conversations. So awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I will allow that to land. That's one of the things that I've worked on over the last number of years is to go, yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. You know, this is what I do, man. It's like, no, 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 it means a lot. I really appreciate that feedback as well. So lastly, how can people connect with you, find out more about you, consume your content, hear your truth, all of the above? Yeah. Um, so people can find me at my website, the thesatorieffect.net. Um, Satori, S-A-T-O-R-I, thesatorieffect.net. And uh, yeah, you can reach me through that. Right on. Well, I'll link it up as well as all the other stuff that we talked about here today because there's a whole bunch of little golden nuggets along the way too. So uh, thanks so much for doing this, man. Look forward to the next chat. Yeah, likewise, Trevor. Thank you so much. Look forward to it as well. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform and leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you. Now, until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. 